Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with Psychic Sisters. I don't think I'm the host tonight. I think you are, but I'll get uh, started. No, you're <laughs> definitely the host. We discussed it because I'm oh. sick. <laughs> oh, well, I am the host. <laughs> we don't I think we ate too much turkey today, guys. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. This is True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. It is the Thursday Psychic Hour show. We're so happy to be here. We know here in the States it's Thanksgiving. We didn't know if we'd have, uh, you know, many of you come out to the show tonight, and it's okay if you're not here, but uh, we also wondered how many of you might have had a bit of a lonely, weird, quiet day and might be looking for some something social to do. So yeah, we absolutely. are here and we're live. However, if you're listening to a, a live stream, uh, you know, a, a podcast or watching us later on, welcome as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We, I have to admit that we... <laughs> We were playing a game on uh, Skype and over, you know, the internet until just a few minutes before the game, the show started, and I had to hurry and get myself ready. So you are seeing the messiest of messy buns here. It's just the best <laughs> I had to offer. <laughs> I, I think it works. I, I think it counts. I think so. So how are you doing? How was your day? Uh, it was great. You know, I'm doing okay. By the way, what do you think of my new headphones? Uh, they're great. They're These perfect. are my um, Thursday Psychic Show headphones. I thought they were pretty awesome. I think they're pretty great. Um, if you're listening to this on a podcast and you can't see me, I am wearing unicorn headphones that light up because I'm just like that. Because <laughs> you can. That's yeah. right. Because I can. <laughs> uh, I'm doing great. You know, we just had a little Thanksgiving right here, just the three of us. And that was really nice. We've been playing some games and watching some movies and it's been really fun. Wonderful. Well, yeah. good. How about you? Well, we're not actually doing Thanksgiving at my house until tomorrow because my older daughter I uh, was work today. Didn't have to work this kid. She didn't have to work today. She chose to work today because she was going to be in overtime and on uh, time and a half for the holiday. And she couldn't pass it up. <laughs> and so she worked and now she's on her way home. She should be home. Oh, by the time we get done with the show or shortly thereafter. So yeah, yeah she's, it's a four and a half, five hour drive for her from, you know, but, and I was worried because yesterday we had a bunch of snow, but today it looks is. better. I think she'll be coming home on, on dry roads. So anyway, yeah. we're going to do Thanksgiving tomorrow, but we cooked up a storm today. Oh my God. I wasn't nice. going to, Me too. and then I thought, you know, the more I cook today, the less I have to cook tomorrow. So I did ham and rolls today. And I did huckleberry cheesecake and pumpkin pie for my son and uh, coconut cream pie for my husband. And what else? I, yeah, had an epic fight with the blender. I oh, no. actually, mm, the husband is in deep water. <laughs> this is a serious first world problem. But I had a ninja, the, the ninja food processor that has the like the blender size cup and the smaller one. Yeah, freaking awesome. And it was old and it was kind of busted up and, you know, it, it was old and well used. Anyway, he decided a couple of months ago that he hates it and he threw it away and bought something else and it sucks. <gasps> he and threw away your ninja? I thought oh. with the stupid blendery food processor thing all afternoon uh -oh. to make cheese ball, which you need a food processor for, and to make clam dip, which you need a processor for. But most especially to make my our mom's cranberries. And so mm -hmm. anyway, I, I did nothing but, uh you know, fight like crazy and it's really stupid. But so there you go. So, yeah. There you go. Th this girl's <laughs> getting a ninja before Christmas because holy shit. Yeah, sounds like it. So, yeah, I cursed his name all afternoon. But, you know, well, it is it, what it is. <laughs> it must be a ninja thing because I, so we bought the ninja foodie that's the, uh, the pressure cooker and the. Yeah. Um, air fryer right and I love it I yeah. um I've been cooking with a pressure cooker for a long time but I yeah. did my uh, my turkey in there and I'm not super happy with it um you know when you don't know how to do something and you take a risk on someone on the internet you know you take a risk <laughs> on somebody's ideas on uh, Pinterest yeah. that's what happened to me and my turkey's a little tough so that's ah, okay I'm yeah. gonna uh, cut it up and make it into soup and we made a really nice ham too so it's okay there you go I did a ham in my instant pot today and it was fantastic. Yeah. I did mine in the oven so I could do the 
partial Perfect. pressure thing and then the air fryer thing on the turkey but i don't think mm -hmm. that the recipe i used actually gave enough time in the pressurer so anyway mm -hmm. lesson ah. learned the 11 you learn yeah yep, yep. Well, I, I never thought to get the turkey out until this morning. So I will have to cook it a little longer tomorrow because it's going to be cooked from frozen. But <laughs> anyway, it's all fine. But I definitely am glad that you guys, uh, I hope you guys have had a good day. If you did or didn't do Thanksgiving, if uh, you know, you're not here in the U.S., then happy Thursday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> happy Thursday. But, yeah. So anyhow, it, it's truly, it's all good. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, we wanted to do a psychic uh, show today about empaths. One thing we've noticed in, you know, interacting with you guys in the chat is that, uh, you know, we've seen a bit of uh, a, a lot of empaths here that, uh, yeah. you know, could benefit from learning a little bit more about your gift and how to manage it. I'm also noticing a few of you guys dropping us a few dollars in the, the super chat. And thank you so much for that. You guys are amazing. Really Thanks cool. also to Bianca just for suggesting it because I'm going to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. We didn't even know what that was. No. Uh, but I figured it out approximately five minutes before we went live. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, so thank you. Bianca, you are the real MVP here. You are. Thank you. <laughs> but thank you all who, who feel the, the desire to drop us a little tip. We do really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. But it kills me. We didn't even know. Mm. We, we're learning as we go, clearly. Definitely. <clears throat> I'm going to choke myself to death. Okay. So talking about empaths, Christy, when uh, you hear the word empath, how would you define that? What does it mean? It means that someone is, you know, okay. So the word empathetic means to, mm -hmm. you know, feel the same as, or understand how someone else feels. It's not just sympathy, like feeling bad for someone, but it's actually really feeling what the other person feels and getting it right. So to be an empath means that in one way or another, you feel other people, you feel their energy, you feel their emotions, you feel mm -hmm. their um, physical body. There are a lot of different kinds of empaths, but it just means that empaths have kind of a, they're tuned to a little higher frequency and that antenna is always picking up other people's emotional energy or physical mm -hmm. or whatever energy. And so, you know, you kind of can read the room, like empaths are really great at people doing, you know, we're good at people stuff. We yeah. understand other people. We get along with other people. We often take way too much shit off from other people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you see the good in somebody. And so then you don't necessarily set boundaries for the poor behavior. You know, they're just stuff like that yeah. um, that goes along with being an empath, but it really is just that higher level of sensitivity to what other yeah. people are feeling wherever you are, whether it's people, you know, or strangers at work, yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's a good description. And uh, I would add to it that as kids, you were probably the kids that came home from work a lot or from work, from school with tummy aches. Mm -hmm. uh, the kids that, uh, especially as teenagers that had headaches a lot, yeah. You were the kids who didn't want to go places without any specific reason why. Mm -hmm. you were the kids who maybe didn't like somebody that everybody else liked and you couldn't quite put your finger on it. You're like that as an adult too. Yeah. And you blame yourself and blame yourself for being a bitch because you don't like so-and-so when you don't have any real reason not to, because, yeah. uh, you know, you know, something, yeah. your spirit knows, I uh, empathic kids have a really tough jam because, Empaths tend to want to make everybody around them happy so that they will feel happy too. And you'll see empathic kids that they take everyone else's pain on as their own. For an example, you'll have an empathic kid go to school and their teacher's having a bad day. You know, maybe she had a hard morning at home or, or car didn't start or whatever. Yeah. She gets to school in kind of a bad mood, you know, having a hard day. The empathic kid will rack their brains to try and figure out what they did to make her sad. They will do something to try to make her happy and will probably end up by the end of the day feeling sick because mm -hmm. they're taking that on. And a lot of times they're blaming, uh, you know, themselves. They'll do the same thing with their parents and, you know, or and family members. They, right will constantly blame themselves for other people's discomfort. 
uh, because they know they're uncomfortable. So if you're sad, then surely you're sad because it's something I did, even though 99.9% of the time, it's nothing you did. Right. Right. It's why we so often will tell people that are empathic to go read the four agreements. Mm, Yes. That's the four agreements. Yeah. It is an amazing book. It was required reading at my house when my kids were teenagers. We had it for summer book club one summer. I made them all read it. We, went through, you know, the chapters together because empaths really need to understand these things about themselves. And the four agreements are agreements you make with yourself that are amazing for empaths. But one of them is that basically what other people think of me is none of my business. Yeah. That's a huge one. It's a huge one because when you finally figure out that, okay, I might feel this energy off of you, it may or may not be about me. But unless you tell me something, it's really not my business to worry about, right? Yeah, that's such a hard part of being an empath is acknowledging that and understanding it and and then really letting it go, you know, like not taking it personally. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, empaths, we all tend to, you know, take responsibility for everything. Everything's my fault because I feel it. So it must mean I caused it. And it's just not, it's not the case. No, no, not at all. The way that but, people feel is about them. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it really, really is. Although, you know, it's easy to take it on. Mm-hmm. So changing that yeah. mindset. So much of the work that uh, I know that I've done and worked with other people to do on being an empath and handling stuff like this is to acknowledge that most of it has to do with the way that I think about the information that I get from other people. It's not yep. the information. It's what I do with it. Do I yep. go, okay, that tells me a lot about how they're feeling what's going on. Or do I take it on and take it personally and then feel bad about it and let it upset me? There's a huge line there yep. that we really have to learn um, consciously to follow. You have to learn consciously to stop yourself and say, wait a minute, this isn't even about me. This is about them. I need to let them yeah. have their feelings. You know, you think and feel things all the time that you don't say to people. Yeah. You choose what you say. And that, you know, that's a place that um, empaths, I think we all struggle with boundaries a lot because we know things that we shouldn't necessarily know. Mm-hmm. It also gets empaths in trouble because empaths have an amazing gift of seeing the potential in people. Yes. And so, you know, we look at the, like the girl who has this dumbass boyfriend, you know, who has done so many shitty things to her. And we go, how? And she's like, but he's a really good person. And you're like, no, bro, he's not. But she sees that part of him that he could be. That he could be. And so mm -hmm, his potential, and empaths are beautiful at seeing people's potential, but they struggle with seeing the reality of who, where people are right now. Yeah. And allowing themselves to not be a doormat to, you know, people's shenanigans when they're not living up to their potential. Mm-hmm. But that's a, something about empaths that I think is a really beautiful gift, but you have to manage it because just you because do, you can yeah. see that good in somebody doesn't mean they're playing that out right now. And it also doesn't mean that you have to let them put you through hell because they are in their best energy. Right. That's right. a really tough one to learn. It is. It's a really challenging one to learn. And, you know, going along with that, I I feel like one of the things that you really have to work on as an empath is not dating your projects. So (laughs) you all have done this. I know you have. So let's talk about it. Um, you know, you 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 see somebody that you feel like, man, I could help them. They've got potential. There's stuff I could do to support them, right? Okay, we've all been there. There's nothing wrong with loving other people and supporting other people. But don't date your projects, you know? Be choose somebody who has their shit together, who is mm-hmm. like you, who feels other people's issues, who doesn't have their own, you know? And I mean, it's not like we don't all have our own, but you know, don't don't date people who need you that's a huge mistake and it's why i wrote a book actually about this maybe i should talk about it yeah you should (laughs) i uh, i have a book available on amazon it's called relationships for spiritual people and um i'll throw a link up 
in the chat for it. But if you just search relationships for spiritual people on Amazon, you'll find it. But it is actually a book for empaths and working through relationship trauma that you have developed over time that gets in your way of having a healthy relationship. But one of the biggest ones is that if somebody really needs a lot of help and support, they should be your friend and not your boyfriend, you know, like <laughs> date people that are at least vibrating at the same level as you, if not a little above you. You want someone who lifts you up, who makes you feel better, not someone who drags you down and pulls on you all the time. One of the things I see in relationships with empaths a lot is this energetic disparity. So the vi the empath vibrates way up here and the whoever project person <laughs> vibrates down here. And there's this constant pull. There's this thing in energy called entrainment. So energy wants to match up. Your energy bodies want to match up. All vibrations want to match each other. And so in people, that means that if you're the high vibrator, then you're always trying to pull that person up which might make them feel inadequate. That might make them feel like they always don't measure up. And then the other person who's the lower vibrator wants to feel the same as you. So they try to pull you down, which means that you feel like they're always pulling you down and dimming your light. Mm -hmm. Really the, uh, the motive there isn't what it feels like it is. But it, but it does affect relationships. And so if you are together with someone who vibrates at such a different rate than you, it's going to have a huge impact on your relationship. Your relationship will never work if you don't yeah. vibrate at roughly the same rate. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is something that I see in empaths all the time. But that idea that you're always pulling somebody up, think about how that feels to be always being pulled up. Like that mm -hmm. implies to you, there's always something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. And then if you're always being pulled on by somebody pulled, being pulled down, you're like, man, this person is limiting me and holding me back. Uh-huh. And that's that's what happens with um empaths who date projects. Yeah. Or yeah, or marry projects. I don't know. But yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely one to consider um, you know, looking at. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep, we've seen lots and lots of that, huh? Oh, so much. And it, yeah. it truly is, you know, I, I, I think that relationships, especially romantic relationships, are the biggest challenge that most empaths have. Mm -hmm. And I think this is why. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll give you that for sure. Uh, relationships, not just romantic relationships, but friends, work relationships, you know, all of those. God, the empath is the one who will take everybody's shift, you know. Mm -hmm. They'll miss their grandma's birthday to take somebody's shift because they have a sob story. But then when that person is on their deathbed, nobody will take theirs, you know. They're the person that will bend over backwards to help everybody else, but then struggles to get help from other people. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I'm just putting my book in the chat. Um, yeah. If this is a topic that interests you, go pick it up. Uh, sure. I posted it a couple of years ago, and I really, really feel like it's something that um, would benefit a lot of you just, you know, the, to read it, the stories in it. Yeah. Got some good questions showing up here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Bianca said human lie detectors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Empaths, empaths are funny because they know, they'll know, but they might not acknowledge it. Right. You know, yeah. because it's a huge and, part of trust. Part of this is the way we were raised, right? So often we, often we were raised to be nice. How many times when you were a kid were you told to be nice? Mm. And how many times have you told kids to be nice, right? Yeah. This is a this is the adult solution to challenges, be nice, right? And the problem is with that, sometimes that gives uh, especially our empaths the wrong idea about what being nice means. Yeah. And then that leads them down the road of being nice no matter what and putting up with too much. Yeah. 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 It's something our society has struggled with, you know, with mm -hmm. uh, wanting to just keep the peace and smooth things over and make sure, you know, just let things be rainbows and butterflies all the time. And in telling people, and especially little kids, to just be nice, it you're telling them, and we've told ourselves that our feelings don't matter, other people's feelings matter. So we have to be nice regardless of someone else's behavior. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge problem, you know. Mm -hmm. And and like Bianca said, you know, do we tend to attract projects? Yeah, we do. Mm -hmm. That's why oh, yeah. you really have to, know, you know, notice it and trust yourself and trust your gut 
when it comes mm -hmm. to situations. Because, yeah, you are going to attract people who need help. Yeah. Empaths attract projects. We all do. And, and there's nothing wrong with helping somebody and assisting them no. in, in solving a problem or, you know, being a better them. But we have to be really careful about not taking those problems on ourselves and also remembering that you don't have to take them into your life, into your home. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, that, there's that's the biggest challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You guys, empaths will be healers and helpers. You always will be. Yeah. Always. And there's not a thing wrong with that. That's who you are. It's what your soul was born to do. Great. But yeah, you, you don't have to let those things uh, destroy your life though. Right. Yeah. You don't. And, and, and you do have, you know, it's one reason why I think a lot of empaths end up in helping professions, but then it's okay to let your helping the world be your job and not your life. Yeah. Um, Cranky says having trouble finding friendships that don't drain me. Yeah. And this is a big mm -hmm. one. You know, people, when, when you're a person who's struggling and in need, you are attracted to somebody who has what you need, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, you're going to attract friends and you're going to attract people into your life that need support and help. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just have to be clear with your boundaries, do what you're comfortable doing and not take on too many things. But yeah, friends that it could, I think friendship is also hard for empaths yeah. because you do, you end up with a lot of one-sided friendships and just mm -hmm. like a romantic relationship, it should be a two, a, a two way street. You should be benefiting just as much as you're giving yeah. And if you're not, then you're not really in, you're not in a healthy relationship and you're not even really in a friendship. You're more in a um, one-sided, I'm taking care of this person situation. If you don't benefit yeah. too, then it's not really a friendship. No. No, and sometimes that's hard to admit, you know. Mm -hmm. It is. However, there are people out there, right? There yeah. are. There are. It's just that when you get pickier and choosier about who you are willing to share your life with or share your time with, it does uh, narrow the field. You mm -hmm. know, that's yeah. just true. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. And so you do have to be a little more committed and you do have to be willing to, you know, give it some time before mm -hmm. you find the right situation. Um, mm -hmm. Innocuous Adams says, that's why I don't make friends anymore. And, and, I get that. I totally get that. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, what I hope is that over time, I feel like empaths often have to take a break from mm -hmm. friends or other relationships for a while, get some perspective, then yeah. try again. Yeah. You know, and we, we, you know, over time, we're developing better boundaries. We're developing a clearer understanding of what we want and what friendship is to us. And over time, you're, you're going to, as you become more aware of yourself as an empath and as your own pattern to allow too much, you'll get mm -hmm. better at this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, lots of people who come to us and say, I just don't want to be an empath anymore. Can you just take that away? Yeah. And, and the answer is no, you can't. I mean, you, it's part of who you are. You can't mm -hmm. take it away. You can't block it completely. I mean, good luck trying, but it's, it's not going to work. No, um, and but it is and, learning to manage it is what's important. Yeah. And it's a gift. You know, and I, I've is. had lots of my clients say, no, it's a curse. <laughs> no, it's not. Mm -hmm. It is a gift. But uh, definitely it is a gift that has to be managed and understood. Yes. And part of that is always check, checking in with yourself and asking, is this really mine? For mm -hmm. example, you go to the store, maybe. Let's say you go to the grocery store. You get your stuff. You're standing in line. Suddenly you're anxious as hell. And you weren't. You came into the store feeling fine. And now all of a sudden you want to climb out of your skin. Is this really yours? That's the first question you have to ask. Is this really mine? If it's not, reject it. Make a conscious decision to go, no, I didn't come in here feeling anxious. Someone around me is feeling anxious. I get it. I'm going to send some love back to them and reject this feeling. I don't want it. There you go. You'd be amazed how often you shed that, mm -hmm. you know, you can get back to your own vibe. Yeah. Yeah. When you can acknowledge that, you can let it go, mm -hmm. send it back to the other person, and then you don't feel it anymore. And it's okay to just go, oh, this is just my antenna cranked up on high. I'm, I'm feeling other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good to check in with how you're feeling multiple times during the day so that when you have a shift like that, you can recognize what isn't yours. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah that's really, it, it's important to, to be proactive with it. Our, our natural um, autopilot way of doing things is to take on other people's stuff all the time and take it in mm -hmm. and, and feel it as our own. And so it mm -hmm. has to be this conscious mental choice to go, wait a minute, I was fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm doing fine. This mm -hmm. isn't me, you know, but if you don't make that conscious choice and work on consciously choosing it over and over again, you'll just default back to, um, I'm a sponge who takes on everything and yeah. everything's my fault. Yeah. 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 Realizing yeah. that everything isn't your fault is the most freeing piece yes. of, uh, you know, work that any empath can do for themselves is recognizing that and setting themselves free from all of that guilt. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. Mm -hmm. um, it, it really is. And, and it, and it's true too. When you really start identifying it, you're going to realize this is actually true. That wasn't mine to begin with. Yeah. I was fine till I got to work and obviously so-and-so is feeling really stressed out today. It means mm -hmm. you can be real supportive and be there for that person. Doesn't mm -hmm. mean you have to feel their emotions inside your body. You you can let them yeah. go. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It also doesn't mean that you have to do anything. Right. This is something I get from people a lot. I'm feeling this from so-and-so. What do I have to do? Nothing. It Just because you're feeling somebody else's stuff and it sucks doesn't mean that there's an obligation on your part to help them. You can yeah. if you choose to. You know, you can maybe be a little nicer than normal or grab them a coffee or do something to brighten their day if you want to. And that's great. But you are not obligated to do anything. Right. You know, this keeps people in toxic situations. Mm -hmm. You're not obligated just because you feel that doesn't mean you have to do it right. any more than just because a spirit comes through doesn't mean you have to talk to them. You know, that's yeah. your choice. You are autonomous. You can choose what you're going to do. And how you're going to handle things. There's no right. judgment on it. Yeah. But you still have one. your free will. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, We've laughed and, forever that that's the one thing we think that religion has gotten absolutely right. Right? Free will. <laughs> you have the right the to do thing, what you think thing. is right for you. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. You, you don't have to save the world all day every day. If you no. want to and you have the energy to, have at it. But you also have a responsibility to be there for yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. It doesn't make you mean, it doesn't make you selfish. It doesn't make you judgmental. It makes you a human person taking care of themselves. Oh, it does. And you know, I mean, if you look at it from a rational standpoint, the only person in charge of your life is you, which mm -hmm. means that the only person in charge of anybody else's life is them. Yeah. Just like, and we, so I want you to think about it like this, because this, this kind of comes back to what Katie was talking about with the four agreements is that, you know, we think about us and ourselves pretty much all day, every day. Right. Mm -hmm. And in our own, you know, somewhat clueless way, we think that everyone else in the world must be thinking about us too. Uh, <laughs> it's not true. Everybody, we're humans are very self-centered. We are very mm -hmm. internally self-focused. Now, many of us that's how we know, survive. Right. Yeah. It is. It is. It's what the ego does for us to keep us alive, really. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, you got to think about that. That we do actually function very similarly, all of us, mm -hmm. which means that if I spend the majority of my day thinking about me and what I what's going on in my life, then you spend the majority of the day thinking about you and what's going on in your life. Mm -hmm. So there's very, there's a lot less focus and notice on you from other people than you may realize. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important to know that however a person feels about you or any other situation is about them. Mm -hmm. It's not about you. They weren't thinking about you in this situation. They were thinking about themselves. Maybe they mm -hmm. had a reaction to you. Yeah. But that came from them inside. However, they were feeling whatever was going on with them. Yeah. When I figured that out, I feel like that changed everything for me. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Jennifer said, are we allowed to ask questions about the gifts we develop? Oh, after realizing that you're an empath. Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're just taking questions about being an empath today because that's really our focus. But yeah, if you've got empath yeah. questions, bring them on. Absolutely. Now, Christy, you have some really good 
energy practices for empaths. Mm-hmm. So I wondered if you would share a couple of things with us. Let's talk first about clearing. Yeah. So empaths a lot of times are kind of like a lightning rod, you know, and you're taking one hit after another. And sometimes your bucket is full, you know, yes. you're just, you're overdone, you're tired, you're overwhelmed, you can't take any more, you're anxious, you're whatever, you know. Yeah. And give us an idea of a couple, I've got one too, I'll share, but I wanted to ask you first, give us a, a good exercise to help clear that energy out. Definitely. So there are several, but I would say one of my favorites for empaths is the white light shower. I'm going to post a couple of links in the chat as we go that are actually the recordings to these um, activities. These are recordings that I've done on the radio over the years, but I want to give them to you. You can go to the link and download them. And so maybe I'll put some of those on our website as well, but I wanted to just um, give you an, give you an access to those, but let's just do the white light shower because this is a great one. Um, I would recommend doing this morning and night every single day. You can do this while you're taking a shower, which is really nice. You can kind of double duty it. So just close your eyes and take a couple of deep breaths. Just allow your body to settle and your mind to go quiet. Just bring your attention to your energy body. What is your emotional state? What are you feeling coming from your energy body? Do you feel anxious? Do you feel restricted? Do you feel some anger? I want you to take a moment just sort of identifying what is floating around in your periphery, in your energy body. You might notice some things there that you are surprised by, probably because those things aren't yours. So now we're just going to wash these away. And we're going to do that by visualizing a ball of white light above your head. And now just allow that that ball of white light to start to rain white, sparkly, rainbow energy down on you. And this white light energy is going to wash away anything that doesn't belong to you. So anything that isn't directly yours, but is floating around your energy body attached to you, you know, just hanging out that doesn't belong to you is just going to be washed away. And I'd like you to just visualize what I call a vortex of white light, or you could think of it as a drain, a white light drain in the earth at your feet. And down as this white light washes through your energy body, it's going to wash away anything that doesn't belong to you. And it's all just going to wash down into the drain, into the white light drain where it will be transmuted into light. So it will be released from you and whoever else it came from. Just allow that to wash over you. And when you feel like your energy body is clean and clear, You don't see or feel anything floating around that doesn't belong to you anymore. Then you can just take a couple of deep breaths. And open your eyes. Very good. Awesome. That's a great one. It's so easy to do while you're showering. Just, you know. Yeah. That's a quick and easy one. I love that. Um. One technique that I really love for if you're when you're at work, when you're at work and you're feeling a little overdone, you, you know, and you've taken on too much or, you know, I I hear this from people a lot, like the person in the cubicle next to me is super negative and unhappy. And I just feel like I take that on all day. You know, when you're feeling some of that, go in the bathroom, turn on the cold water, let it run over your hands for 60 seconds. It's going to do a couple of things. First of all, it's going to shock you back into your body because you are probably at this point feeling pretty ungrounded. And if when you're feeling ungrounded, you might be feeling like you can't focus. You might be feeling like you just can't get your thoughts together. You can't be productive. Maybe you feel a little bit anxious. Maybe you're just, you have too many thoughts racing through your head. When you feel like that, just walk in the bathroom run that cold water over your hands for 60 seconds. Let that water shock you back into your body and 
visualize anything that you're carrying, any energy that's no longer serving you, just running down the drain with that water. I promise it makes a huge, quick difference. And so for, especially when you're at work and you need to just deal with something, that's a really good one. Or like, I love this for my retail workers, you know, that maybe mm -hmm. you're, it's not an office. Maybe you have customers in front of you all day. Yeah. Take your break, walk around for a minute, go rinse your hands. It makes a big difference. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. I love so. that one. I think that I, I have done that for years just instinctively. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. you know, it's like going in the bathroom and like splashing a little cold water on your face. It's kind of the same uh -huh. idea. Sort of yep. have to shock yourself back to reality. <laughs> mm -hmm. A lot of readers wash their hands in between clients for the same yes, reason. It's just an energetic washing of the old and, you know, making room for the new. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just love that. And it's so easy. It's a great technique. Let's see. So Jennifer said, my question, uh, Katie might be able to give me a message from my guides about how to listen. To, oh, how listening to them. Christy knows how hard listening to them has been for me after four years of hearing from dark energies. Okay, sure. So I'm always going to, the first thing I'm always going to say is meditate, you know, is meditate, not for a purpose, just meditate. 15 minutes a day, that's really all you have to give. But that helps start training your brain into the right frequency to be able to hear from your guides. But Jennifer, yeah. I really wonder if automatic writing would be helpful for you. Yeah, It seems to me like you need something visceral. So a lot of people, especially sensitive people, are kinesthetic learners. When you're a kinesthetic learner, oh, I'm hearing chaos. I think my kid's here. <laughs> <laughs> She has a, a Shih Tzu puppy. And when he gets here, all hell breaks loose with the other dogs. Oh, so yeah. anyway, pretty sure that's what just happened out there. Anyway, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, when you uh, are a kinesthetic learner, you need your body to be in motion for your brain to engage. And I think a lot of times with kinesthetic, and Jennifer, I would definitely think you're a kinesthetic learner. And when you are, that means that sometimes you need your body to be in motion in order for the information to flow. So when I say automatic writing, automatic writing has gotten a really weird rap. A lot of people, for some reason, think that means that you just sit with a pen and paper until something overtakes you and writes things. That is not what automatic writing is. No, <laughs> don't do that, actually. Don't. Then we'll have to clear something else. But <laughs> What automatic writing is, is you ask or you write down a question and then you write down the answer. So Jennifer, here's what I would do if I were you. I would sit really quietly with this for a few minutes, you know, play some good meditation music, some new age music, something that you can really breathe with for a few minutes. And then you can type, you know, in a doc or you can write by hand. It doesn't matter. Some people are more comfortable one way or the other, but sit with that write down a question that you have for your guides and really, you know, keep holding space, keep, you know, intending that I'm asking you a question, you're going to answer it. Write down the question and then write down the answer. Yeah. It's actually that easy, you know, and, and don't, you know, don't expect to, you know, feel like something's overtaking your hand and writing for you. That's not going to happen. It shouldn't happen. I don't want to see that happen. And it likely won't. You're going to write the answer. But that's how your guides will speak through you. I think, Jennifer, when you get good at that and at, you know, asking and answering, you'll get better at then being able to understand what they feel like, what they sound like, so that you can intuit from them easier. But that's how I would start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, she said she can, she can hear. She just can't trust. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I would still automatic write, actually, mm -hmm. because it gets things on paper so that you can then discern if this really feels like truth for you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think that that's a great yeah. one. Uh, Leah said, I saw a little twinkle of gold right in my room, no bigger than what a lightning bug looks like. Interesting. Huh. Oh, I got a little Sprite or something in there. Yeah. yeah a little, little fairy energy. Yeah. yeah. Bianca said, is empaths, oh, are empaths able to, Feel the emotions of spirits. I suspect that I have mediumship abilities, but I mostly feel the spirit's emotions. Oh, yeah, most definitely. 
most yeah. definitely. Not everyone sees, right? There's lots of different clairs and clairs are different energetic gifts, right? And a lot of people just feel, and that's awesome. So Bianca, for you, when you're feeling something that you suspect is another energy that isn't yours, that's a spirit, start asking questions. You know, who am I feeling? What am I feeling? Is there something you need me to know? You know? Yeah. And, and just see what comes through it. They call it a practice for a reason and it may take some practice, but mm. I highly recommend that you start to, you know, conversing with those energies and see where you can go with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's always just about the asking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Renee said, I'll do the first one tomorrow morning in the shower and the second one at work if I need to. I had a glass of wine tonight, so I didn't join in. <laughs> well, you can or not. Totally up to you. Yeah. <laughs> but it is the, the proactive action as an empath. Of, yeah. you know, I, I feel like one of the things, and Katie, tell me if this has been the same for you, but feel like one of the things that I really had to learn about being an empath is that it's not just something that happens to me and that I'm the victim of. It, it oh, totally. can feel like that sometimes, mm -hmm. but that isn't actually yeah. the case. You're, you're making a conscious choice about how you react to it and what you do with it. And it is taking control of that using your thinking that really takes empathy from a place of being a frustration mm -hmm. to being a real skill. I mean, you think about mm -hmm. how many situations you go through in a day where you could in fact check in and see how someone's feeling before you tell them something they might not want to hear before you ask your boss for a raise, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. So you have a little window of information that you can use intentionally rather than it just happening to you. Yeah. Reach out and check and see. Yep. 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 And it is Most that control of it that makes it feel better that it makes feel like being an empath feel like it's a, it's a gift that can be used rather than a burden to be, you know, moaned yeah. over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, and, you know, sometimes those people that, uh, that maybe don't like you or that don't, uh, that you do have a clash with will be your biggest and best teachers, you know? Definitely. You learn a lot from those relationships because you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about your own need to be liked or, or not, you know? Yeah. This always slayed me because I had a need to be liked. If somebody didn't like me, I was pretty horrified, you know, when I was younger. Because yeah. how could, not that how could they not like me, but what can I do, yeah. right? So it wasn't so much of a, you know, well, how could you not like me? It was more of a, oh, what have I done? How can, you know, what can I do? Yeah, that and that I was always responsibility. I was always blown away. My my best friend growing up, uh, Emily, amazing person, but she didn't give a damn what people thought of her. Yeah, and it always amazed me, you know, because if somebody didn't like her, she'd be like, "So," and I'm over here going, <laughs> "I don't care." Oh my God, they don't like me. I've got to fix this, you know. Yeah. That <laughs> But coming into that place of, but learning from those people, learning from the people who don't like you yeah. and helping yourself to learn that A, not everybody has to like me. Not everybody has to be my friend. And B, it's okay to not care. Oh man, that's a game changer. It is. It is absolutely a game changer. I, you know, one of the things that empaths fall into is we think everybody thinks and feels the way that we do. And it's yeah. not true at all. We are the minority, not the majority. Yeah. And you yeah. can really learn to use that to your advantage in whatever way you want, whether it's in your personal life or in your work life, you know, to, to better understand what other people are thinking and feeling, but not taking it so personally. Yeah. 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 For sure. Uh, JR said, how do you meditate? There's a lot of different techniques for meditation. Yeah. Uh, JR, I wonder if you would be a good moving meditator. Mm. Just sitting still and meditating can be really difficult. Some people do better moving, doing things like yoga or Tai Chi or Pilates or just walking, but you know, with a, a focus on unplugging. So maybe you turn some music on that is uplifting for you. I really love uh, here on YouTube, there are so many. Binaural beats or sophilegio tones 
Those mm -hmm. are both. Look, search for those and you'll find so many different meditations that you can sit with yeah. or again, move with. Like maybe you're going to listen to some of, you know, like a sophilegio tone while you do the dishes or something like that. If you guys ever left work and showed up at home and wondered how the hell you got there yeah. <laughs> because you went on autopilot, right? Mm -hmm. That is a kind of moving meditation. Um, you know, not probably so good to do in the car, uh, but our brains do that sometimes. Yes. But some of my clients, and actually me included sometimes, get our very best inspiration while doing uh, kind of mindless tasks like housework. It can be a moving meditation. But mala meditation, where you have a mala that you, uh, you know, you touch on each bead as you say the same mantra, or that's a mantra meditation, mantra not mala, meditation, yeah. a mantra meditation. So, you, and, and you choose the mantra. I mean, there's a lot of mantras. Sometimes you can just, you just even make one up, you know, you can look into that though. Mantra meditation is really helpful. And then of course there is more of like the seated ohm meditation. Don't beat yourself up on that one. That's very hard to do. You can work on it, but I just, I recommend you guys research meditation. You find ones that really work for you and you do them because meditation is very different for everybody. And, and feel free to use guided imagery meditation. Definitely. When you're first getting started using a meditation where the, the person who recorded the meditation walks you through something yeah. is an awesome way to yes. get more comfortable with meditation Mm -hmm. and, and to give your brain something to do, I feel like that's a really important part of learning to meditate is learning how to give your brain a job for a while until it can mm -hmm. calm itself. And eventually yep. it'll get to a point where you won't need it and you can just yeah. calm your own brain. But uh -huh. it's hard. It's hard. And and it is what keeps people from doing it. So mm -hmm. do something that gives your brain a job. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, Cranky said... Oh, I, my eyes are ridiculous today. I don't know why. Too many oh. carbs. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that the people that don't like me, it's usually about them, not me. I learned not to give a crap and stop feeling guilty. See, that's half the battle, right? It, it really is. It is. It absolutely is. When you can give the responsibility back to the other person that they feel the way mm -hmm. they do because of them, you can just move on. It's way yeah. better. And Leah had a question. Uh, here's the thing, Leah, and we'll do a whole animal communication night soon. Yeah. But Leah, absolutely, that's Lily. Yeah, absolutely. That animal is deeply connected to your soul and is supposed to be a part of your path. And so when, uh, you know, her vessel was unable to house her soul anymore, she moved on to another one. Yeah, she's supposed to be with you. Absolutely. I have seen it happen many times, many times with my clients. My little Skippy, some of you guys met him a few weeks ago on the show when he was snoring loud in my office and I showed him to <laughs> you guys. Skippy's been in my life three times. He was, and he's been in my spirit life a billion times, but yeah. uh, he was a ferret actually when I was in junior high and high school. And then a little female Chihuahua for many years uh, that was my baby when I was having babies and when she died, she uh, transitioned to, and, and then, you know, it was Skippy. And Skippy's old and he's having a lot of health problems. And, you know, I am a little frantic about that sometimes. But at the same time, I know he's going to be with me, whether it's in spirit or physical form. We have an indelible uh, relationship that he's going to yeah. be with me. Not all animals are like that. But you guys, I know, can think of specific ones that have moved with you through time that feel like there's more to them than just being a pet, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but we will do an animal communication show soon and we'll talk more about that, but We're I didn't want to show on uh, tonight go and not answer that. What's that? We're going to, we'll talk, we'll do a show on like um, past lives and people coming back and that kind of thing. We've had a lot of questions about that. So we'll absolutely. definitely do a show about that as well. Yep. Yep. We will. Yeah. Well, we're just about out of time. Any parting words? Anything else no, that you, we didn't cover? I just feel like it's really important to do the thought work we've talked about. And it's also really important to be kind to yourself as an empath. You're yeah. going to screw up. You're going to take on other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. You're going to allow a toxic relationship. It's okay. You're learning. You're changing mm -hmm. the way that you see 
the world around you and the way that you mm -hmm. interact with and set boundaries with people. And so mm -hmm. don't be hard on yourself if you make a mistake. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just also, as quickly as you can. Yeah. But also empaths, a lot of times you guys will let things build up for too long. Yeah. And then your response to someone or something is extreme. Yeah. And then you feel horrible about it. So, you know, be forgiving and kind to yourself on that front too, really. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. How do you find your spirit guides' names or spirit animals? Mm -hmm. You know what? We'll do a meditation on that. We'll do a show mm -hmm. and do a, a meditation to help you get there. Yeah. It is nice to know your guides' names. Mm -hmm. It really is. It is. And, and I mean, I, I would say innocuous atoms in the, in the meantime, start by yeah. saying, start by asking. Yeah. Start by asking who's around you. Yep. Yep. And trusting the names that come, you yeah. know, sometimes that's really all it takes. However, I'll tell you guys something. I have had guides tell me lots of times that they don't really care what you call them. Yeah. <laughs> you it know? matters to us as humans in the 3D world because we all have yeah. names. We're attached to names. Different. Yeah. 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 I've had lots of guys that I'm like, is that Mary? Am I hearing Mary? Yeah. Mary's fine. Is that really your name? Yeah. Mary's fine. You know, it just makes me laugh. So, yeah. you know, if you want to call them, uh, you know, Sonny and Cher, they really don't care as long as you've established that's who they are. Yeah. Right. But we'll help you with that. We'll do some work on it for sure. All right. Well, you guys, I hope you've had a great day. I hope you have a great weekend. I truly do. And don't forget that you can learn more about us. You can get readings from us. You can go check out our merch store. You can suggest cases to us through the forum all over on our new website, which is truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com. And that's an awesome way to connect with us. It's, it's the way to connect with us. So come over there and, you know, if there's anything uh, we can help you with, that's where it's at. And thanks you guys all for being here. It's always nice to see your faces and, uh, it's really fun because I see some faces here in the chat that are, you know, friends and clients that we've had forever. And some of you guys are brand new and I love that you're supporting each other and yeah. that you're here with us. And I, we're growing a very sweet little community here and I'm so happy you guys are a part of it. I'm so happy I'm a part of it. It's really cool. Me too. Me yeah. too. So we'll be here on uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with new cases. And then Wednesday night, of course, an update night and then Thursday night, the psychic hour. So Everything should be live and rolling next week. Yeah. Just like normal. All right. Thanks, you guys. Take care. This has been That's True right. Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Happy Thanksgiving. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.